Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Uncanny Tracks coverage of Star Trek Lower Decks versus the 70s Filmation animated Star Trek. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Bob, but what the hell is this? What is this very short Treks you have me watching? Yes, yes. So there have been, I think, is this the fourth very short track? I think it's the fourth one. Uh, I thought all the others kind of sucked, but this one actually made me laugh. So instead, we're turning this into a triple-sized episode, although probably won't actually be that long because very short tracks are, like the name says, very short. But Matt, what are the three animated episodes of Star Trek we are talking about tonight? Well, we're going to be talking about Holograms All the Way Down, the very short track that appeared on September 27th of 23. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to be looking at Empathological Fallacies, debuted September 28th. That was the episode of Lower Decks. And then we have our Filmation Star Trek episode, More Tribbles, More Troubles, which appeared October 6th, 1973. 50 years ago. And Matt, really, I didn't make you read that because I wanted to make you read the three titles. I made you read that because I wanted to make you read Empathological. I appreciate it so much because you knew I was going to screw up that one. <laughs> hey, you did good. Empathological. <laughs> if you go more than four or five syllables, guys, it's beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, to start with holograms all the way down, you ever seen the Enterprise finale? I've seen a clip of the last few minutes. You know, like I just had, a, I've seen that plenty of times of just how it pulls out from the hollow deck thing. Yeah, which I think yeah. it's probably what most Star Trek viewers that did not watch Enterprise they've probably seen that. So this was not foreign to them. Yeah, I yeah certainly now that I think about it, there's not a lot of meme content around Star Trek Enterprise. I think compared to the other shows, uh, I would say it and Disco and Picard all kind of weaken the meme game, to be honest. But the thing that's the most memed about uh, Enterprise tends to be the ending, tends to be Riker like in the cook suit, you know. Right. Uh, that I th I think that people tend sometimes meme like Trip and Paul, but I I don't think I see that as much as I see memes about the finale, about it all being a holodeck program, about Riker and the cooks in the cooks outfit. So, yeah. Well, we don't see a lot of content about Enterprise now. anyway, Bob. So this is not that unusual. <laughs> Although we do see a fair amount in the Lower Decks episode today. That is true. We're I think we're shifting in that direction, but is that because Lower Decks is running out of content? I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> I think so. It's that they've done the DS9 episode and they've done the they've done the Voyager episode. So, you know, as we were speculating, I think last week, Enterprise next season is only logical. Yes. So it makes sense. All right, Bob. So let's talk about some of these other characters that we meet in this uh, very short trek. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about the many different holiday holograms we go or? Yeah. You call them holograms on the holodeck, right? Ho holograms. Yes. So the, uh, we go from the Enterprise, one that you mentioned, to late TNG with Troy and Riker, but then that freezes up, and we go to Quark and Garrick. At least I thought that was Garrick. It was Garrick, right? Yeah, I wasn't it totally probably sure. was, because they, yeah, they mentioned okay. so that, because then the next time they freeze and pull out, it's Tindy and Mariner. They say that's how we got the Romulans into the Dominion War, so yeah, that would imply it's Garrick. Correct, yes. And then uh, he's also dressed pretty snazzy too so i'm gonna go with animated <laughs> style quark and garrick was, was pretty neat so then after tindy and Mar mariner we, we freeze frame out to prodigy which looked terrible 
<laughs> it's like they literally put stickers from some little child's thing and like stuck them on there. And I, that, made me, that made me so happy. They didn't move. They were just frozen. <laughs> and then we moved on, Bob, into the animated series Trek. We see Sulu and Uhura. Then from Disco, we pan out and it's Saru. Then we freeze again. And it's Hammer from Strange New Worlds. So at first I was confused by that, Matt, because I thought it was the Andorian from the alternate universe of the animated track, like the one we covered in episode two, who replaces Spock. But then when you said it was Hammer, I went back and looked and yeah, like his facial features, like there's like lines on his chin that are like, yeah, yeah that's probably Hammer. Bob, are you trying to say that you think all Andorians look the same? Yes, Matt, I am trying to say that. And I do just want to say, Matt, that it's it's pretty ableist that you would use a visual metaphor to talk about a blind Andorian. I'm just saying. (laughs) Shut up. Now, let's go back to Neelix. (laughs) (laughs) Then the last one, Bob, we have is we find out this is all like Neelix's dream. Yes, yes. Well, not quite. Well, actually, no, no. We go back even further. I'm sorry. Go back even further. Then we have a conjoined Trek, a bunch of characters like stuck together. Yeah, they're a bunch of 70s Filmation-style characters just jammed together in a horrifying mass. And then the computer does it. The computer freezes. Then the computer does it. And the computer does it, like, twice. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So, Matt, I got to say, on the whole, like, I mean, A, I just kind of enjoy tracing out all these references. B, I found this pretty funny. Did you find it pretty funny? Yeah, it's probably one of the funniest of the very short treks and short treks that they've released so far. I mean... Some of the stuff's been kind of funny, but this is, like, hilarious and very, very short. Yeah, like, the first very short trek was just kind of clumsy. Like, it had an okay joke, but it wrote it to the ground, you know? And it was not it. And by the time they finished it, it was not very good. And then I actually found, like, the second very... So the first very short trek was, like, Kirk complaining about figurative language, right? Yes, that's right. Or not, not Kirk, somebody else. It was else. a captain, yeah. Yeah, it was a captain. And then the second one was like a strange new worlds one where like Spock is attempting to understand humor with like Uhura and Himmer. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty funny until the end. I just thought was like gross and not that funny. And granted, maybe I'm, I, I'm a little too like, maybe I'm a little too much of a prude about like physical comedy, but I don't know. I just thought the end of the second one, kind of, I liked it till then. It kind of undermined it. And then the third one was just kind of gross the entire time with like Crusher and Riker on an away mission to a disgusting alien species. Yeah, they, they weren't as funny. This, this one's hilarious though. So well worth yeah. a quick watch. I mean, like two minutes, 30 <laughs> seconds, you'll, you'll survive. Yeah, yeah. They, find, they finally found it. And then I don't know if I think it's funnier than the short trek, The Trouble with Edward, but we'll talk about that uh, as we... Uh, as we get to triples in the last section of the episode. Uh, Matt, did you have a favorite cameo in this one? Yeah, I got to go to Quark and his keychain. That, that's just hilarious. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I really liked all the cameos. Uh, I, I might enrage you and just go the Prodigy Kids, just because this is the only time I've seen the Prodigy Kids and I've not been immediately filled with hate and rage. Well, that's because they were like a static image. It was like pasted on top of a cartoon. Yeah. Well, and also like the only the only place they belong is like as you know as a, as a punchline in a just totally absurd little short animated feature. That's all all Prodigy needs to be. Yeah, I agree. All right, so Matt, we should move along into Impathological Fallacies, the new Lower Decks episode. What the hell happens in that one? 
All right, Bob. So Freeman, Talin, and Mariner deal with three Betazoid ambassadors while Boimler insults the security team. So, Bob, I just want to ask you something. Uh, was this whole episode a throwback to that DS9 episode we covered a long time ago called Fascination? The Betazoids bring on Xanthi fever. You were uh, you were really excited about this uh, this catch, weren't you? I got, I got like, I the was. text messages, and I did I hadn't watched the episode because I was still at work and didn't know what you were talking about. It's because I've I've made the connections now, Bob. I can do it. It's you like uh, you know the little synapses in my brains are like connecting one thing to the next. It's like learning. Yeah, yeah. So For real. that is that is the one where Luxana has the Xanthi fever and she's projecting the emotions out into the DS9 crew. Is that the one? Yes, and they're all like all over each other. And I think that's the one with Bashir and Kira hook up. Well, so yeah, yeah. And Odo well, gets on pissed. The, and Odo is pissed. On the one hand, you're you're right, but on the other hand, your great triumph is just a red herring, Matt, because it we find out it's not that telepathic disease. But it's maybe a sort of equivalent of a different telepathic disease that, like, Vulcans have, specifically the one we saw from the Sarek episode of The Next Generation called Sarek. I believe that disease is called, like, Bendai Syndrome. Damn you, Trick. You're right, but you're wrong, Matt, is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, <laughs> I know. Just, I know. They tricked me. Sometimes, Bob, my vast knowledge of Trek is just... It's just to a fault. I'm just yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. If anything, your your problem is you know too much about Star Trek, and also Shit. you're just too good looking and too charming. We, we these are, <laughs> right, these are Mom, your that's problems. That's exactly right what's going on. <laughs> you have nailed it down. So, Matt, did the three Betazoid ambassadors give you vibes more of Londo's wives from Babylon Five? Something else we've covered, or did they give you more vibes of the three witches from Macbeth, or you know, the three fates from Greek mythology, that sort of thing? I, I got Londo's wives, Bob. They, I knew something was, something wasn't registering when I first watched the episode, but then once you mentioned this, when you asked this question, I noticed it's like, that's what it was. I'm like, this seems so familiar to me. When they're all in the station together, there's three of them. It's just, yeah, it's just like Londo's wives. Yeah, yeah. And it's also a kind of funny way to like, one up next generation right of like you know you usually granted this is a little bit of an exaggeration but you usually have Luxana troy coming on the ship being all like you know happy go lucky party party time loose whatever and here you just have like three versions of that cranked up another few notches right yeah, it, it's, it's awesome yeah yeah so of the names matt did you prefer the name uh delorix uh cat rot or Cthu? So Dolorex, how do you say Catrot, Catro? I, I, I said Catrot, but maybe cat I Catrot? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Catrot. Okay. Catrot, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dolorex. I don't know why. Dolorex. Dolorex, yeah, it does have that sound. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bob, who had the better names, though? Londo's Wives or these three? The Londo's Wives were Timov, Daguerre, and Mariel. Definitely uh, Londo's wives because they were a little more subdued in their humor. And then what what is the is the joke he makes about them that their names are also like plague, famine, and war or something? Correct. Like yes. That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as for our three uh, Betazoid ambassadors here, I would say uh, Kithu as a name really cracks me up. <laughs> it's like Kathy with a W at the end. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so Matt, my favorite thing in this episode and also my favorite thing that this episode has taught or this show has taught us about vacations is that they used to hunt for betazoid flesh and they still hunger for it. 
Yeah, how awkward is that, Bob? Like, oh, it's great, man. It's great. Like being around someone generations later after your, you know, your species was eating them. Oh man, I just, I love. I really hope we get a, you know, when they do the inevitable like lower decks discovery, uh, like homage episode. I really want um, Doctor Teana to hunt Saru. Yeah, I would totally like dig that. That needs to happen, please. Please make that happen. And we don't know how old Saru... Well, Saru's in the future. Never mind. Saru can come back from the future. Yeah, yeah. Or exactly. may, just, maybe just another Kelpian. But regardless, I need I need Dr. Tayana to be as into flesh fish... Or, sorry, flesh fish. Yeah, fish flesh as she is into, like, party girl flesh. You know, we really haven't seen a lot of Discovery crossover. Well, because it doesn't exist, technically, in there. Yeah, partly because it doesn't <laughs> exist. Wouldn't that be really weird, though? Like, yeah. Well, and I think partially they probably don't want, like, they're probably a little more gun shy about having lower decks, like homage slash mock something that's still going on. But I'm hoping when Discovery ends, the kind of you know they'll open the floodgates on that a little. Something will happen. Maybe there'll be uh, their actual place in history will be acknowledged somehow. They'll be able to get back in time. I don't know. Although I, that, I really that said, it, the, the, I haven't followed it closely because you can't trust a lot of reporting these days about these things. But it sounds it sounds like season five wasn't originally planned to be the end of Disco. And they had to do some reshoots on the finale to kind of make it an acceptable series finale. Oh, shit. This sounds a lot like Babylon 5. <laughs> Well, I think not. Not really. Didn't the Babylon, Babylon Five, 5 not, didn't Babylon Five wasn't promised that fifth season, right? Isn't that right? Well, yeah, but it had much more profound consequences on Babylon Five because, like, Babylon Five wasn't like they weren't sure they would get the fifth season. So, in the fourth season, they did the things that were originally planned for the fourth and the fifth season, and uh, then. I bet that's the, what also, Disco does, though. No, 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 no. I think so. No, they, no, no, not at all. They didn't. They thought they were getting more. Then it was canceled, and they just reshoot, reshot the finale, man. Oh, geez. That's going to suck ass. That's what I said. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Uh, not, I not, necessarily. Okay. not necessarily. Not yeah, necessarily. That's going to suck ass, probably. Uh, we'll see. I mean, when you well, got to redo your whole finale because you thought you were going to be get another. Nah, nah, they didn't redo the whole finale. They did limited reshoots to the make limited it like. Reshoots. Yeah, I mean that's what the that's what the reporting was like. It's not that they redid the finale; it's just that they added in like probably some grace notes to go out on. You know, about the last twenty minutes is like completely detached from the rest of the episode. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, sadly, we probably won't cover it because I don't like. Even though I now hate Discovery, I still don't really want to like market myself as a Discovery hater. You know, but there's some talk that like oh Discovery redeems itself for this season there's also some talk of like oh they had to go with more action adventure which it's like did did they not do like maybe or arguably already too much of that before like, they did so, that's why it wasn't fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah we'll see what it is we we probably if we cover it it'd probably just be like a single episode about the whole season right yeah. i like how the things we dislike bob get launched into like far places we didn't like discovery so they just launched that shit as far in the future as they possibly can so it doesn't really have any effect we didn't like prodigy and eh, we'll just like get rid of it and then we'll make fun of it on lower decks <laughs> yeah 
I, we need to be careful what we say, Bob. We did you see? Did you see if the the save prodigy people were pissed about this episode? I did. I didn't notice. I haven't even looked. No, I, that would have been it a would, fantastic comment. Damn, I wish I would yeah. have found it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. That I'll go. I'll fun. go diving for one. I'm sure there's one somewhere. All right. So Matt, is it just me, or is the idea of the Betazoid intelligence agency uh, very unsettling? Well, Bob, this sounds a lot like uh, the, the other show we watched uh, that I've already mentioned once before. This sounds a lot like Babylon Five. Yeah, r really rich with Babylon Five references today. Uh, and so this is a minor detail, and it kind of connects to your enthusiasm of recognizing the references to uh, Xanthi fever. Yeah, I was consulting. I wanted to check on fact check a couple things, and so I was looking back in the Memory Alpha article in this episode of Lower Decks, and there was a link to an article about a baton. And I was like, oh, cool. That's some sort of like Betazoid baton weapon from a Next Generation episode that I don't remember, but that's a, that, you know, that's a neat Easter egg. And then I click on the link to the baton article uh, from Memory Alpha. And no, it's just an article about when batons have shown up in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, the Summer Phenomenon needs a name, Bob. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. Okay, so we haven't talked yet much about like the Side security point. team. Yeah, does therapy on Boimler, but uh, in the course of this, you know, Shax whips out the orb case. And Matt, were you expecting there to actually be an orb in that orb case? Bob, I wanted Cisco to fly out of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, Matt, you did not get Cisco. You got a puzzle of Malcolm Reed or a deck of tarot cards. So if you're given the choice of the puzzle of Malcolm Reed or the tarot deck, what are you going with? Well, I know in, in the notes, Bob, I put tarot, but now that I think about it, I kind of would prefer the Malcolm Reed puzzle. Now, now that I've like thought it through a little longer. Well, it's I was logical. gonna. It's fun to find the you know you have a solution at the end. I, like I was it. gonna accuse you of uh, being a new age witch girl, so it's nah. I guess it's good that you changed your answer. Uh, hypocritically, I would probably go with the tarot deck. Um, if it were a puzzle of almost anything else, I would go with the puzzle. <laughs> but eh, not Malcolm Reed is like the worst character on Star Trek Enterprise. He's like, he's the Neelix of Star Trek Enterprise. I had to look his ass up, Bob. I couldn't remember who he was. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, now that I realize, okay, now I'm going to go back on my answer again, Bob, and say Terrence, because I thought Malcolm Reed was the, was Malcolm McDowell from uh, the Yeah, yeah. An understandable, an understandable <laughs> confusion. An understandable confusion. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Yeah, I would go with the Terrence then. <laughs> Matt, were you surprised that Talan is 62? Nah, Vulcans be old, Bob. Yeah, yeah, and she's 62 and having her quarter-life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and then just to close out on this Lower Decks episode, we see a Romulan uh, ship lurking in the neutral zone, disappointed that the Cerritos doesn't cross the zone, and I was just really appreciative of the Romulan enthusiasm for lurking. They're going to go lurk somewhere else, Matt. They are. I mean, that's just a fun job to have, just waiting on the border for someone to cross. Yeah, yeah, I could get into it. I could get into it. So, <laughs> Let's go, Bob. Who, Let's go join the Border <laughs> Patrol so we can be like the Romulans. Uh, well, when you put it like that, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to oppress. I don't want to help oppress. Like we can still wear the, the the ears, oh. Bob. We can. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's terrible. I don't want to do that. Can you imagine that though, Bob? If these poor <laughs> these poor people were trying to migrate over to America, and they're greeted by us in Rom <laughs> Romulan gear. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like uh, American Border Patrol already pretty close to like uh, America uh, to America's SS. And the only thing that could make it worse would be if, is if they're in cosplay. That's what I would say. <laughs> Dear God. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, man. We live in a really awful country at an awful yes, time do, in history, Bob. Matt. We live it's in an terrible. awful world, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an awful world. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And, and anybody listening, don't, I mean, we don't have that many listeners, but that's okay. But if you are listening, we're not like glass half full, glass half empty people. We just like to admit what's really around us. We want to make the best of it. Uh, man, speak speak for yourself on that. Bob doesn't want to make the best of it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bob All wants right, it to Matt. suck. <laughs> uh, let's just say that Bob's uh, Bob's uh, officially uh, blackpilled on the possibility of uh, improvement. How, how about that? <laughs> so, who's your character of the week? Talyn, Bob. Love I'm gonna go uh, Tayana. I was tempted with Talyn, but uh, just. The idea of Tayana hunting and eating a Betazoid just makes me so happy that I'm going to go yeah, with Tayana. Yeah. So, let's talk about this animated series for a moment. Because I was all yeah, excited man. because I'm thinking, oh, the Tribbles are coming back. We're going to have a really cute episode with Tribbles. This is more Tribbles, more Tribbles. Yeah. And, and what's the, the plot, plot of this one, Matt? In the plot of this one, Bob, Klingons, Tribbles, and Cyril Jones are all back. Yeah, I really like, worked hard on that plot summary, Matt. Yeah. It's like all the characters from the other episode are back for this one. So I, uh, I, I know you're going to crap on this one a lot, probably deservedly so. I do want to begin by saying I really do like like the robot grain chip design a lot. Like I think it's a very cool design. Yeah, it's a little uh, over-designed for a grain ship. <laughs> yeah, I think that the idea was that those like could be grain ships but they also could serve other functions and so it's like scout ships or something i think is what they said yeah 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 and so i think the thinking was that they would show up later in the animated series too they, they did not look the way i expected a grain ship would look you would think no would look not like at all semi-truck or something in space but no. <laughs> yeah but it, it was kind of cool, like it was kinda cool. <laughs> yeah too big to be a starfighter but a little bit like in the shape yeah, yeah definitely so I do feel like there's a weird and inverse relationship between the power of this new Klingon disruptor stasis field, which are all words they actually use to describe it, and the, uh, let's just say the unimaginativeness of the animation of the disruptor stasis field. Hey, Bob, you remember how, like, in the beginning of this, we were like, there's so much more they could do in an animated world of Trek. <laughs> so many more adventures they could have. <laughs> and then here they are being, like, cheap-ass with the animation and not showing us more sh cool shit. That that said, I mean, they do get to stage a relatively complicated engagement in this episode through animation, like more complicated than they could have with uh, the original series. So I, I'd give it to them for that. I mean, I'm not saying it's like a great starship battle or anything, but they pull up a giant triple. <laughs> they could never just, have done that in the original. No, track. I'm just saying like the like, you know, the the fight between the Enterprise, the Klingon D seven, and then the two or three robot I think it's two robot ships. Yeah. Like it makes sense. They they like they, they plot it out and set it up pretty well. The animation is pretty good for that, just really bad for the weapon. So Matt, how how did you feel about the revelation that the Klingons are tree huggers? That they're uh, pursuing uh, Cyril Jones for ecological sabotage? I think it's all a lie. I mean, just pissed about them tribbles getting put on their ship. 
I, I just, I like it. It's, you know, we should start guillotining CEOs and we should charge them with ecological sabotage, Matt. It's a, it's a good plan. I'm, I'm, I'm good, good with that. Plan. I'm good with that. You know, in, in principle, yes. That's fine. <laughs> Were you happy to see Captain Koloth again, Matt? I was, Bob. I've seen this Klingon many a time. I mean, this is... Yeah, yeah. Once again, Bob, those, those little... They're just connecting. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw him in DS9. I saw him in TOS. Yeah, he, it's like Harry Mudd, but worse. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the one Klingon I can remember. Other than Worf. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that I messed that up. It was, I, you you were still talking about Captain Koloth. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Cyril Jones. My bad. My oh, bad. sorry. No, so no, 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 it, was, it wasn't your bad. It was my bad. It was, it was, oh, it was it's all good. Bad. It's all good. Yeah. So, Matt, speaking of uh, Cyril Jones, is that the longest a human's ever been in transporter stasis, at least to this point in the in the franchise? Yeah, I thought the exact same thing, Bob. And one of my issues, I bought a soundbar for my TV. Okay, Hell my yeah. TV had like we, we got a newer TV a little while back. And we had speakers on the side, but mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see what a soundbar would sound like. So I, I purchased one, put it there. This thing's really cool. It gives really you know the, the surround sound now in in the living room, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. anytime any of these cartoons like this, they use those old ass like sounds. I guess they made from like I don't know hitting glass jars or something. I don't know what they did, but half the sounds they make for the things, their sound effects just blow up my sound bar and make it obnoxious mm. to watch the show. <laughs> One of them is the transporter. Yeah. And so the dude was stuck in stasis forever. I'm like, Holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> nice. So thank you. TOS animated series for making me regret my purchase of a sound bar appreciate it <laughs> yeah you i mean you should have guessed fairness, this kind of technology would be around back then guys come on yeah yeah well i mean the soundbar should have just designed itself with a uh, filmation star trek in mind man. it really should have that's the other thing or i could just not be lazy and like turn the fucking volume down but that's not me <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not our mat or like learn how to you know use the machine i could do that but why you know just do it itself when i watch my short trek cartoon <laughs> So, Matt, do you have thoughts on the pink, safe, fat tribbles? Well, they look like those furry beanbag things that kids have in their rooms that they, like, sit on. Oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Not only have I seen those, I've sat on them, Matt. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. They're like, that seems like, yeah, it seems like we could actually own these types of things that we wanted. <laughs> so Matt, did you have any thoughts on the Gloomer, aka the Tribble Predator that Cyril Jones also introduces? AKA the Hanna Barbera shit, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well Matt, you, you may say that, but the Gloomer is my character of the week. Well, that's great, Bob. I'm glad Gloomer would be your character of the week. Mine's the giant tribble that was actually a colony of tribbles. Okay, and that's they a, respectable a fantastic choice. job animating that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. We're really, it's just, you know, we say it's character of the week, but really this week it should be animation of the week. A giant triple that's colony versus the gloomer. <laughs> yeah, you get a, you get this giant triple, and then magically when they zap it, it turns into little bitty triples. All right, Matt. So we, we've had four triple episodes n- now in the course of Star Trek. Uh, do you remember what they are? There's trouble with triples, more triples, more troubles, trials and tribulations, and trouble with Edward. And do you want to remind what uh, the listeners uh, what each of those are in case they forgot? So Trouble with Tribbles is the original series episode that I actually owned on VHS. More Tribbles, More Troubles is the episode we just reviewed, the animated series. 
Trials and Tribulations is the DS9 episode where they go back in time and revisit the events of Trouble with Tribbles. And I believe they did it for, was it the 30th anniversary of Star Trek that they did yes, that for? Yes, 30th anniversary. And then Trouble with Edward is a Star Trek short trick. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Is it Edward invented the Tribbles? Is that what we find out? Yes, in that I one? believe so. I think that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I like that one, although I must confess, I don't remember it so strongly. Yeah, I don't either, but it's okay. But I remember it being like one of, if not the best of the short treks. All right, Bob, if I had to rank these, I'm going to go Trouble with Tribbles at the beginning because it's the original episode. It, it's, it's, it's a mainstay in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that episode. Even people not involved with Trek know that, kind of know that episode. Or they did back in the 90s. But true. <laughs> next I would have Trials and Tribulations, the DS9 episode where they go back in time. Yes. Then I would put Trouble with Edward. Even though I don't remember much about it, I do know that it was pretty good. Like as far as like I it it was okay the story and it told. also it also at the time it inspired some really funny like men's rights activists claiming that it was like anti men or some shit which was yes, great yes and that of course just adds to it Bob that makes it even yeah, better yeah <laughs> and then more troubles more troubles comes at the very end because I this was not that great of an episode no sadly uh, w- w- depressingly on the one hand arguably one of the better animated series episodes although also maybe arguably not (laughs) but i i I don't know but still yeah much less than the other three i would agree with that ranking well it was cool to see the other guy it was cool to see those characters come back even if in animated form which is kind of worse thing with lower decks now you know but (laughs) yeah nostalgia will get you very far whether that nostalgia is about 50 years ago or i guess in the case of uh, the animated series it's about like what seven years before yeah seven (laughs) but yeah nostalgia will get you very far all right matt we did it we ranked all the triple episodes we made it through three episodes of star trek all animated we'll be back next week probably my favorite animated series episode which is because I had the novelization of it as a child, and I read that novelization relentlessly. <laughs> would that be the Survivor, Bob? That would be the Survivor, Matt. So yeah. hang in there with us, folks. All right. Thanks for joining us for this coverage of Star Trek Lower Decks and Filmation Star Trek. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.